911, what's your emergency? Views and opinions expressed on this platform are of me, myself, and I, not any agency I'm affiliated with. So please do not take what I say personally. So I wanted to do something a little different for the podcast. I wanted to do what I'm going to call a mini series on the adventures of dispatch and all things dispatchery. And in doing so, I figured I'd start out with my home people, my hometown, starting with Trevor Gio, who actually, when we met, he wasn't even a dispatcher. He was just running on the truck, being a real hero. But uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um but Trevor's a really cool guy. He's got a couple of certs, such as he's been a paramedic since 2018. He is EMD certified. And on top of that, he has his EMDQ for quality assurance in dispatch nonsense. No, I'm just kidding. So, Trevor, <laughs> if you want to tell the people who you are, what you stand for, go ahead. Hey, Alexis. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um I've been waiting for you to invite me to your podcast since I've been seeing you start it. So <laughs> I started when I got the message. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, just I'm born and raised in Louisiana, small town, just like everybody else around here. Um, I got into EMS when I was about 16 years old with my EMR, running with the volunteer fire department, just like mostly everybody that starts out in EMS. Um, absolutely loved it. I enjoyed running the calls. I enjoyed the adrenaline rush. Um, when I turned 18, I saved up enough money to go to EMT school. That was in 2016. So I've been in EMT since 2016. I got my paramedic in 2018. Um, and I've been working on the truck. I've, I've done, I've worked on the truck. I've worked in dispatch. Um, I was the uh, communications training officer for a dispatch center um, for almost a year. So I kind of got all the aspects of really, if you think about it, I got all the aspects of public safety. I have the medical side, I'm uh, a deputy coroner with my parish over here since 2019, and I'm in law enforcement. So I kind of got that all around perspective of what that public safety personnel should have, you know? So go ahead and tell me, why dispatch? What was the appeal with going to dispatch in general? Because we all know there is contingencies between dispatch and those of us on the truck. The ultimate level of betrayal. Uh, when I got off the truck and went into the dark side, I went into dispatch. My, my understanding of it is, so when I first got into the medical field, it was always, you know, Okay, well, now I, I know this. Well, I want to know more. Okay, well, I got my paramedic. I want to know more. I took a critical care uh, course. So on, on the truck, you know, I kind of hit the highest that I could go on the truck. So I want to know more. I want to go into dispatch. What do what goes on in there for me to better understand it out here? When you understand what goes on in dispatch, it helps you understand what goes on out in the field. It gives you a better perspective on different kind of calls, different scenes, and it can also help with your patient care. 
uh, whenever you know those type of things. So it was just that factor of I want to know more. I want to be able to be the best that I can be at my job, and I think this is how I can do it is getting the inside scoop from their end. Very good. Um, I, I definitely would agree with a different perspective just because I've never been in dispatch. I don't think I'll ever be in dispatch, but thinking about what all y'all do and the amount of stress that even y'all have, dude, I couldn't do it. Um, what do you feel <clears throat> like is the biggest drawback from working at dispatch? Because in my mind, it would be either lack of resolution after a call or balancing between you have the 911 emergency line and then you have the non-emergent line and trying to like bounce back between those two. What would you say is the biggest drawback? It's, you know, when, when you first start in dispatch, it's a lot, especially when you're coming from a truck. You know, my, my first thing, if you're going to go into dispatch coming off of a unit, you have to go into the mindset of you're not there as a medical provider. You are there to take down information and dispatch a crew. I found myself trying to do a full ALS assessment on a patient over the phone and my supervisor came and he's like, Hey, finish your information. You can't do that. So that, 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 that was a big thing for me moving into it. And, uh, the post call clarification, you know, a lot of times as an EMS provider on the ambulance, you get to follow up on those patients. You'll drop off at the same hospital. Uh, most likely later on in your shift, you can follow up. Hey, how's, you know, so-and-so doing with dispatch. That's not really the case. You can, if you want to, you know, you'll communicate with your e EMS crew. Hey, how was that patient? And, and things like that. But, uh, it's, it's, it's very hectic. One of the biggest things is it's more stressful, I think, than it is being on an ambulance. Very, very interesting. Um, because, like, we all know there's that love-hate relationship with dispatch because it's always the the matter of, like, how are we the closest unit? Can't they see that? Or why does it feel like they're not even listening when I'm trying to give radio traffic? Yeah, definitely I'd have to side with you on that. Um, we could even get into <laughs> what's the deal with the times when, like, there's a call that goes out and it's a lower priority, but it turns out to be an absolute disaster. And we'll ask ourselves, like, what is dispatch even doing versus when it's like a higher priority, like a Charlie Delta, like it's more emergent. And then come to find out it's like not even that big of a deal. It's it's something kind of real silly. We'll call it that. Like, is that a dispatch thing? Is it the, the scripted cards y'all have? What's what's going on? So I would love to get into that because that was that was a big question of mine being on the truck for so long what's going through dispatch's head this is obviously not a fall this is a doa you know so a big thing that plays into it that i want y'all to be able to burn into your brains is we're not there we are in an office 100 200 miles away talking to somebody over the phone okay the general public as we all know <laughs> tend to have a sense of anxiety and hysteria when it comes to emergencies. Unlike us, we're trained for those type of things. We can only go off of the information that is presented to us with the questions that we ask. So if I ask somebody, you know, I have my cards pulled up right here. So the address, 
they'll try to say they're at a friend's house. Let's just start off with that. Uh, uh, incorrect address is, is one of the biggest mistakes that, that we find. Um, okay, what's the address of the emergency? Oh, well, I'm at, I live at so-and-so 123 Boulevard when really they're at their buddy's house or they're at Walmart. You know, so wording plays a big part in it too. Um, tell me exactly what happened. Oh, well, you know, an uh, uh, example that I've had, Oh, a few days ago, I started I started hurting in my leg, and uh, it's just gotten a little bit worse since then. It started kind of swelling up and bruising. Okay, so right there, just based off of that information with that question that I asked, that's going to go under a signal 26, a sick person. So let's get more into it, because me being a medic, you know, mo most of everybody will stop right there. So, okay, well... Did anything happen for your leg to start hurting? Oh, I fell off of a 20-foot ladder. That, oh, my God. So now we're moving into signal 30, non-recent traumatic injury. So that's where it comes in of we have to pry this information out of these people, but also stay on script with our protocol so we don't get docked points whenever a QA session comes up. Um. That's where it's good to have that medical background if you're going into dispatch, kind of knowing the physiology behind diseases and, and different illnesses and injuries and how things work. You know, I know that if you're having chest pain, it could be a number of things. I know what what other symptoms to look for. Not every dispatcher has that medical background and knows that. So they don't know the correct information to be able to pull from the caller. So like with something like that, that would be coded you know, just uh, a sick person, you know, I'm having leg pain that's swelling up. That would be most likely an omega level call, one of the lowest priorities you can get. Now, once, so then, so you're going to get there and see this guy has a broken leg with bruising and it's just, and you know, it's all deformed because he had that fall, but he failed to tell us that. It's just a lack of communication and a failure to provide information whenever they call 911. They don't see it as a big part. They all they know is that their leg hurts. They don't. They don't think that we need to know why it's hurting. No, that makes perfect sense. Um, kind of want to touch on something that you had already said about the scripted cards. Like I know y'all are required to ask certain questions, but can y'all go off script at all? Like just because someone says. Um, they have chest pain. Sometimes it doesn't mean that they need aspirin and nitro with it, which is the basic treatment and what y'all typically say, like, oh, there's a chest pain, blah, blah, blah. And then later on, it's like they just took aspirin per protocol. Like, do y'all have to say the specific things every single time? So, yeah, with when it comes into the, to the protocol cards, you know, that certification that you have, that EMD certification is your license to use these protocols. So you have to answer, you have to ask the question step, step by step, and then go to select the appropriate protocol. Then you have key questions on that protocol. Once you finish all key questions, then you can freelance a few questions. That's acceptable in the EMDQ world. Um, freelancing before you finish key questioning is, is a major no-no um, because those key questions are there for a reason they're there for the untrained medical professional you know like i said not a lot of dispatchers have this medical experience so those key cards help them stay on track 
and they're written by MDs and paramedics and you know uh, nurses all around the all around the world. Uh, so yeah, there's there are a few times where you can freelance questions, but it has to be after your scripted questions are asked. So as far as like being able to work in dispatch, kind of like you said, the medical background. What are the requirements of someone in dispatch? Like, what do I have to have to be able to work in dispatch? And what are like what are key component skills and attributes that someone needs to be able to get in dispatch and excel and not completely drown? Great question. So every, just like, just like with, with being a paramedic, every uh, company that you go to is going to be different. They're going to have different requirements. A lot of the bigger cities, they do require you already to be EMD certified and have a certain amount of experience. A lot of these these lower level uh, companies, all you need is a high school diploma and be able to read and write and have a few computer skills. And you get trained on the job with the rest of it. Um, some good experience, I would say, to go in with, some type of basic medical knowledge, you know, EMR, EMT. Uh, you have to be able to multitask. Multitasking is the biggest thing. I've been on three phones at a time before finishing up a transfer and having two emergencies, two critical emergencies. Everybody else is busy, and I'm giving CPR instructions in this one and trying to give somebody the homelet maneuver in this one. You know, that's a big part of it, being able to transition yourself between those those different factors that are playing in with, with the input that you're getting. Um and being able to handle stress, it's, you know, working on the unit, not, you see a white shirt walking up and everybody's, you know, back straight. No, no, don't chew your food while you talk, this and that, all proper. In dispatch, you're most likely going to be in the same building as administration all the time, every time you're at work. So that's that constant lingering around. You know, you have an on-duty supervisor that's going to be there most of the time. So you're always going to have a supervisor watching you. Uh, so stress-wise, it can be stressful. You, you can go from one extreme, you know, just like we do. We'll go from running uh, a pediatric cardiac arrest, drop off, and then, you know, finish getting the truck together, turn around and go pick up old mama that fell and hurt her back three days ago. Except in dispatch, we don't get that minute, 15 minutes at the hospital while we're cleaning our, our gear to unwind. In dispatch, it's the ambulance is there. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and disconnect this call. As soon as you hang up, you have another phone line ringing. You pick it up. You go from somebody that, that got run over by a lawnmower, dealing with that. You hang up, go to somebody with chest pain. You run through that call. You finish that then you're picking up a code or somebody giving birth and then it's, it's a, a non-emergent transfer you know it, it goes from one extreme to the other all day your whole shift so just being able to handle those those type of changing conditions is a big thing this is why i'm glad we're having this conversation because like these are things that we don't think about in the field we don't consider that we just hear radio traffic and we just think oh there's multiple people being able to do all this like dispatch can't get it can't get it together but thinking of it from the other side the other perspective it really kind of changes the dynamic of how you view dispatch so 
mad respect. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, it was definitely a big change, but it, it helped me grow as a paramedic knowing and not just for myself, but you know, when I work with somebody new or I work with somebody that doesn't know the inner workings of dispatch and they start complaining, you know, Oh, well this and that, you know, we got sent on this call and it turned out to be this, or this truck is closer to this transfer or, you know, I can help explain to the field personnel, you know, use my knowledge to help them just, Hey, well, no, well, this is probably why this is happening. I can say this, you know, especially with transfers, you're not going to, you know, you're really not going to get around transfers unless you're just absolutely straight up 911. Um, if, if you get sent to a transfer, let's say it's 20 minutes from your home base and there's another truck that's five minutes from that call and you get sent on it, there's probably a reason. In dispatch, what I've seen, we typically don't hold grudges. It's you can't because it, it, it's such a changing environment. You never know what's going to pop up where. So we have to have these things pre-planned to be able to utilize our resources better. You know, if I know this truck is from this part of the city or the state, and this truck is from over here, I, and this transfer is going from you know, over here to this side of the state and back when this one's going three hours away, I'm going to send that truck a little bit farther so they can be able to make it back to their station in a timely manner, you know? Um, and, and with emergencies, it's, you'll get sent out, you know, of course, priority comes into, into perspective. You'll be going to a, uh, to a priority two or, or a transfer or something and you pop up the closest truck to a priority one emergency, you're going to have to go into that priority one emergency. We have to dispatch the closest truck. And another thing, a question you asked a while ago was, uh, well, does the dispatch know that we're not the closest unit? A lot of times we don't. So we're in 2022. We rely heavily on technology. A lot of times these GPS systems might go down or it gets so busy in dispatch. Nobody has a chance to actually look at the map. We're inputting calls. We're answering radios, making sure our crews are okay. And we don't have time to look at the map or, um, you know, whenever, whenever a crew's going, going to post, I'm not really going to be looking every two seconds at that crew if they're not on a call. You know what I'm saying? So a big thing of it is something that the crews can get in habits of and calling in every status, you know, we're, we're at the hospital. We're clear. If you're going to, if you're going back to post, we're going to stop off for gas for a second. Okay. That lets me know that, that it's going to be a delay. Cause I'm expecting you. I know how long it takes you to get from this hospital to your station I know exactly how long it takes. So if a call pops up over there, I'm expecting you to be there in this amount of time. But when you stop off for food or for gas, we don't a lot. We're not going to mind you as long as you tell us we are absolutely for it. We know you guys are running and we know how hard it is. If you tell us, hey, we're stopping off for food, 
Absolutely. Stop off for food, use the bathroom, get you a quick coffee. But whenever you don't tell us and we're expecting you to be somewhere, that's where it becomes a problem. That's why you would get sent to something when you're not the closest unit. Because we, in our minds, we trained ourselves to know, okay, it's been 15 minutes, this truck is at this post, without looking at the map. Which, that makes a lot more sense than just the mentality that a lot of people in the field have of, well, they're just bullying us, this one specific truck, and a bunch of whiny brats who don't know how to get it together. And I've been one of them, so I completely understand. I'll say this, too. Most, I'm not going to say most, some of the harder decisions, you know, as far as uh, who to send to what long distance transfer or something, won't come from your dispatcher. It comes from management. So we would have absolutely no say so, no matter what. You you take it out, y'all will take it out on dispatch, and that's okay. But a lot of times we have no control over the decision making process. Guys, just be nice to your dispatchers. We we go through a lot. We really do. We know that, that you go through a lot and you actually see a lot. But, uh, you know, dispatchers don't have the easiest job either. Yeah, we're sitting in an office. It's, we're not being rained on. But the stress factor is really high. Um, I've, had, I've had coworkers, you know, I'm on a call and I hear the phone, the emergency line ring, and they pick up and all you hear is hysteric screaming. And they're trying to call or calm them down. And it's a very bad call. And they had they, they can't run out and take a break because there's other calls holding. You know, they'll have to get clearance from a supervisor to be able to take a break. So they have that weighing on them the whole shift while they're answering these, these calls back and forth. So just take it easy. Uh, it's not always dispatch's fault. Not everybody's perfect. They will make mistakes. I've made mistakes. Um, everybody's human. It happens. Just know that there are some things beyond dispatch's control. So with all that you have now and your vast knowledge of your toolbox of dispatch, if you could go back, would you, would you have worked in dispatch sooner or kind of kept the same path that you have and ended up where you are today? Ooh, Ooh that's a good one. Got him, coach. Um, really, I, I really don't think I would change a thing. My experience as a paramedic on the truck, my years that, that I put in before I went to dispatch to help me be a great dispatcher. And also the time that I put in dispatch helped me be a great paramedic. So that time that I spent on the truck, like I said, helped me excel tremendously in dispatch. So I really, I really wouldn't go back and get in it sooner. Dude, good stuff. Um, and this one's for, I guess myself included, but anybody that has to call 911, maybe they've never called 911 or anything like that. What should someone keep in mind when they call? Is it just the location and what's going on? Like we, you talked about earlier or like, are there any things that, is there anything that's more helpful to know than other things? Like what, what's the, what's the gist? So the, the first two case entry questions on the EMD protocol are what's the address of the emergency and what's a phone number. Without those two things, we cannot get to you. 
if we get a partial address or we must misunderstand the address. We need that callback number to be able to get in contact with you to figure out where you are. Without those two things, help will not arrive. Um, and it's hard to, to say, oh, this is what you should do whenever you have an emergency and call 911 because everybody's going to react differently, even people in the medical field. You never know how you're going to react. Yeah, we, we run 911 calls on, most of the time, complete strangers. But when it happens in your close circle with family or friends, you really don't know how you're going to react. I've seen RNs, you know, freak out on calls when it's their family or something, and they just, their training goes completely out the door. The biggest thing is dispatch is going to ask a lot of questions. We have to know those questions so our crew can better help you. Stay calm. Give us, give us a, a good, clear address. Look at your surroundings. See where you're at. Take a clear head and just answer all the questions that dispatch has for you. There's a reason we're asking the questions. Well, dude, I appreciate you coming on. Um, you got anything else to add? No, that's it. Keep rocking. Y'all uh, y'all doing amazing. It's the medical field. I have so much love for it. Um, I have recently decided to get go part-time and, and pursue law enforcement. Uh, but I, I still have a, a deep love for the medical field. That's where I started out. That's, that's, that's what I know. Uh, paramedics are heroes. EMTs. EMTs save paramedics. That's a fact. Very it, true. Well, dude, I appreciate you coming on. Appreciate you taking the time for me. I know uh, you got up early from your night shift for this, so even more appreciation. But if that's all you got, that's all I got. Have a wonderful, what day of the week is this? Tuesday? Uh, yes. Trevor, I hope you have a fantastic Tuesday. And with that, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or future topic ideas, please email me at 22 at the lips podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's 22 at the lips podcast at gmail.com. Be safe out there, friends, and never stop learning. <laughs>